Welcome to Overboost, a podcast interview series featuring discussions with speedrunners about their history in speedrunning and the runs they're passionate about. I'm your host, PMC Trilogy, and with me today is Makebake. Makebake, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm I'm hanging in there. Uh, it's it's we're we we're halfway through 2020, right? It feels like halfway through the <laughs> yeah. year. I always like to start off the uh, the pod with just some some current events stuff, uh, and I feel like a big thing for you recently. You got into doing uh, GTA Four Most Wanted, a category which is where you just do all of the the vigilante missions. If you know, listener, if you're if you're someone who only played like you know Vice City or San Andreas, you may remember the vigilante missions. And in GTA Four, there's a version of that where you steal a cop car and look up a criminal and go go attack them. Um, how has that been? Like, are you, are you happy you did it? Cause I know it was in the context of a, of a tournament ran by the community. Uh, what are your thoughts about that, that experiment? I mean, yeah, definitely the, the tournament is what got me into it. And yeah, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Like, you know, yeah, people ask you a lot, like, you know, if, if a certain speed run is actually fun and I, I'm, I always like say mostly the same thing that, yeah, uh, doing most wanted is pretty fun. It's just really unfair, <laughs> or it's it's great fun until it isn't. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. It definitely that's the sort of speed run because uh, you know since part of the run you're just under a constant state of six stars. Uh, it's a little a little alarming, alarming to say the least. Do you feel like you're you're still going to be looking for a new PB in that, or do you think you're kind of uh, reached your reached the end of your time with that? Because the the tournament's over at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I uh, I made it out of the group stage. I made it to the quarterfinals, I think it was against uh, against Kyle. But uh, sadly, I uh, <laughs> he uh, he made short work of me. But uh, yeah, no, I had a great time uh, there. Kyle does it pretty good at GTA Four, as it turns out. Something something yeah. he's a bit of an expert in. <laughs> All right, well, let's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's go back to to the start to where where things begin. What's your how do you get into video gaming? Is it family, friends? What what brings you into this hobby, broadly? Ooh, that's a that is a good question. Yeah, I yeah. guess just just hanging out with computers in the first place. I think started when uh, I think my mom just got you know a, an old computer from her job that they didn't really need or use anymore, and instead of you know instead of taking it to the the dump, you just give it to one of your employees, sure. right? So I just ended up on the desk uh, at a, in our house, and uh, yeah, I just I just started screwing around with it, and of course, because everything was in English, which I I was a child, I did not speak English. Mm-hmm. I just started clicking things, and uh, eventually, the computer just stopped working. <laughs> Do you remember what kind of computer it was? I'm curious, like what era of uh, computing this would have been. I don't know if you if you know that. Uh, I mean, it was probably the year 2000, maybe 2001, so I, I genuinely, I don't know, just a big beige box. Right, right, as it would have been, so yeah, probably, you know, probably, you know, for all we know, probably like a, a mid-90s Windows machine that was, had seen better days, I can only assume. Oh yeah, for sure, and I mean, yeah, from, from there on, I, uh, I got uh a few floppy disks again no idea what the origin of them was but uh um battle chess i feel like uh most people have at least heard of that at some point have you have you heard of battle chess i don't think so is that like how much 
<laughs> is it just chess with funny figures, or is there more to it? Uh, I think it's battle chess. I might be actually saying that wrong, but I think it was battle chess anyway. But it's uh, um, it's like you know actual knights and a king and uh, a queen and everything. It's just very you know crude nineties two D animation. But when you know a pawn hits another, there is actually like a bit of a a bit of a tussle between the two. Right, so you get you get animation, but it doesn't really diverge from how chess is played. Oh no, yeah, no, exactly. Gameplay wise, it's it's simply chess. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got another floppy disk, which was I genuinely do not remember the name. I've looked all over the house <laughs> to see if it was still here somewhere. We still have Battle Chess, but I have no idea what ended up with the other game. And it was just some very old i th- i think it 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 was like lamborghini something and it was just like driving through like a big open world and honestly like maybe there were a bunch of m- mechanics that have just entirely slipped my mind but from what i remember from it it was literally just uh you know crude uh like uh semi 3d like you'd see in in doom and such and it was just driving in like an, a bit of an open world with I think there was traffic as well so I I guess for its time it was probably pretty uh pretty up there but uh yeah so those two games was was the first things that I ever the first video games that I ever came into contact with and I yeah I spent a lot of time with them so those are sort of, I guess, maybe the foundation. What's really, what's like the first thing that was your own? Were you because I, you know, you're talking about something was around the house and you you played with it because of course you played with it. You're a kid. That's what you do. But at what point do you really take it and make it your own? Was there like a first console or your first own, you know, Windows XP machine or? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. No, yeah. Um, I think it was pretty close to release that my uh, my mom and dad bought me an Xbox ah. and. Uh, that uh, yeah, that was my first proper console or first proper you know thing that that I that I owned, mm-hmm. and uh, it came with the uh, with the combo disc that uh, I think a lot of people are familiar with with uh, Sega GT two thousand and two and Jet Set Radio Future, which you've I think you've heard me bang on about that game a few oh, times. Oh yeah, people it's, love uh, that game, but I know I know you are among those. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Interesting. So, so yeah. do you, okay, so. One one question, I guess I, I I sort of have from there then is, um, so do you feel like you you kept pretty constant with games at that level up until the point where you start speedrunning, or or are there any breaks in there? Like, is has gaming always been a part there, or have you taken any steps away from it before you got into speedrunning? Oh no, gaming's always been pretty yeah a pretty pretty big big thing in my life because. Um uh yeah, trying to like draw the timeline. I guess yeah, it started with uh, with the Xbox. I got you know a num a number of games. Uh, eventually, I did start shifting more over to PC when uh, my uh, <laughs> my mum struck a- an amazing deal at Aldi for a for a nice Medion Tower, which uh, which could actually actually play some games. A nice right. uh, nice old GT four forty in there. Aldi like the <laughs> like the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. Every uh. once in a while, they just had some some incredible, some like pretty good deal on uh, on Median PCs. I think Median is a German company. I'm not entirely sure, but something European. Sure, sure. Are you familiar with Median? Like, no, I don't think I've heard that one before. But I mean, I, okay. I feel like uh, when it came to computer OEMs, those kinds of businesses, those tended to be, I feel like, very. 
uh, either like nationally or regionally oriented. Uh, there's that's especially in like the '90s and the 2000s. I think at this point you see less of it because mobile devices are much more the thing. But uh, but certainly, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, certainly PC OEMs. You know, prepackaged PCs. I mean, you had the big ones in America. I maybe elsewhere like Dell, HP, that kind of thing. But um, yeah. But no, I, I hear that. That's definitely the your first own computer is definitely a, a, a big step too. All right, so we're 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 going forward in time. What is your first exposure to speedrunning then? Like what's what when do you become aware of it? That's a yeah, that's a good question because like I I feel like I've always kind of known about, you know, the the big events like GDQ and everything. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't really like properly pinpoint the first time that I heard about like about events like that but yeah the fir- the first time i properly like personally came into contact with speedrunning that was definitely uh checking out uh, kz fruce stream mm. and when was when would that have been i mean probably for about as long as i've been subscribed to his twitch channel yeah i was gonna point, say you so. might you might know the amount on that yeah no i definitely no i think it's just yeah. it's just interesting too to to sort of um when i when i've talked to people i feel like depending on like when you got in, into speedrunning uh you know your your interest in that or your sort of the social aspect of it tends to become very tied to a particular platform depending on when you did it you know so for some of the people that I've talked to it c- can go back to SDA in the late 2000s uh or even some people streaming on Justin TV uh if it was like 2010 and 2015 might be speedruns live stuff uh but certainly i think you know i, I know I, I, I mean you and i are probably alike in that really once speedrunning became broadly uh <laughs> present on twitch uh you know that's really sort of the the platform itself uh that that most carried speedrunning so i think you know you and i might be might be alike in that so knowing that you're conscious of speedrunning you're a big fan of the excellent kz fru uh, what pushes you to do a speedrun yourself? Yeah, good question. Because, uh, so, sorry if I start every single answer with good question. No, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I like compliments. I'll take them. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I uh, I was uh, watching Casey Fru for quite a while. He was uh, most actively into uh, into San Andreas at the time, which also is a game that I. Like I, w- I would love to somehow be able to pull a stat out of uh, out of life itself to see how many hours I played of that game because it's probably close to five thousand or mm. something. But uh, yeah, no, I was uh, I was I was very much grabbed by uh, by all of that, and uh, uh, yeah, I was I was like, okay, so if I were to do this, if I were to start speed running at some point, what could I really do? And of course, you know, San Andreas was a very very easy thing to think of immediately, but also quite intimidating as, uh, you know, the whole AJS thing wasn't around at the time. So, yeah, like four four hours and 30 minutes, that sounds, that sounds a bit much. Right, I mean, so, okay, at, at the point lo- you would have been looking at it, you, there were still uh, dupes and stuff already in the route, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. That stuff, that stuff can really, really kill you. I, I feel like that's almost the most intimidating stuff is the current, you know, the, the no... Putting aside the arbitrary arbitrary jump in script, that you still have the idea of playing a game for several hours, and then you know, whoops, you messed up the dupe, and you know, there goes the whole run. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I uh, watched the KZ tumble into what, what was it? Uh, tumble into the sea with uh, Caesar on the back of his PCJ, right? Just 
Right. How many times in the middle of a of a duped mission, just you, fall into the sea, and there it goes. Well, yeah. it's over. That bridge crossing, <laughs> that curse, curse bridge crossing. Yeah. So you're talking about. I mean, speedrunning San Andreas, like that's a pretty pretty uphill endeavor. Um, but like, do you think that experience of like was that the the one that you really sunk your teeth into? Like, I, I guess I would put it this way. At this point, you know, looking at your speedrun.com profile. You know, you've done, I, I would say, you know, over over a dozen games or something like, you know, around that amount. Um, and you've done a, a variety of games. I think it's also worth saying, too, right? It's not just like San Andreas, Vice City, but you've done some cute indie games and things like that. Um, maybe a better question, now that we've sort of established the timeline of when you got into it and sticking with it, is do you feel like, this may be a harder question, uh, do you feel like you have a mission statement as a speedrunner, do you see yourself as a someone who who's a glitch finder? You're dedicated to a particular genre or particular thing of play. Because um, I, I feel like looking at your list of games, I can't come away with that. So I'm really curious to see if you feel like you have a sort of reason to be when it comes to speedrunning. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, very boring answer, but I I suppose it's kind of different per game. It's uh, because of course, a more recent game like uh, like RoboCop that I pretty much just pulled out of a big pile and, you know, no one had done it before, and I kind of started it. I didn't, yeah, I don't know. I guess, it, <laughs> to be brutally honest, I'm just not very good at strat finding and those things. So, like, I, I, uh, I set up the foundation and everything, but, uh, like, actual proper glitch tech and something and, and, and things like that, you, I guess you don't. You're not really gonna get that out of me. So I guess yeah, that's one thing we can uh, we we can cross off. That's not really something that uh, that I'm great at. But uh, yeah, all in all, yeah, I just try to do lots of different things. Honestly, so you feel like, I mean, honestly, it sounds to me like what you're really looking for more so than necessarily sitting down and finding ways to break a game is to just have sort of a you know a variety of games. That you enjoy playing over and over again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, like a big uh, driving force as well behind uh, looking for new speed games or a reason to move on from one game and to really go and find another one is also, you know, marathons because I, you know, I really enjoy going to ESA. I uh, enjoy a number of, of online marathons. So if I feel that I've kind of done everything in my portfolio, that's definitely also a very big encourager to you know find something different so you just mentioned actually i was going to segue into this and you did it for me uh i feel like you've become <laughs> pretty involved with uh with a few uh few marathons certainly esa is one of them i know recently you've also become staff for the online marathon license thon uh do you what what led you to get involved with those uh and like do you do you consider that because i know with some some sorts of fandom you know, like for example, like anime conventions or, or something like along that line. A lot of people will really, really orient their participation in that activity around that opportunity to you know meet up with other people and have fun, which is a great thing. It's a kind of a bittersweet thing to be talking about in the year of our Lord twenty twenty. Uh, but <laughs> do you really feel like that is uh, pretty central? Like, I mean, I, the marathon experience to your participation in speedrunning. Yeah, I would say so. It's definitely. Uh... Well, yeah, it plays a big part in it for sure. Because the uh, the first time that I went to ESA, which was summer eighteen, I believe, I think so, summer eighteen. Um, I went pretty much 
alone. Like, I didn't really have any big points of contact at the event or, yeah, or anything like that. So the only uh, real thing I had, you know, like uh, like on the list to do there was meet up with uh, with another runner, Rydog. So beyond that, I I was <laughs> I was pretty much alone there. So, uh, um, well, because people are very friendly at uh, at events like this, I I met a lot of people. But it also came up really quickly that wow, a lot of these people that that like I'm I'm hanging out with and I'm, that I'm slowly becoming friends with are you know doing their part at the at the event itself like helping helping around and maybe again maybe a little bit uh, on the selfish side that there are moments where i'm like oh everyone's like uh quote unquote working at the event right like it's not really work but you get what i mean working at the event and i i can't participate in that because you know i'm not a volunteer i'm not i'm, I'm very new here still so that was honestly also a driving force to be like oh well i mean if all my friends are doing it, why wouldn't I join in as well? And we can do it together. No, I think that's that's a that's a good spirit too. Because any sort of I, I, any sort of activity like this, I think with these um, these sort of volunteer run conventions, I know some of these organizations do have staff, but even even organizations that do have staff, like I can think off the top of my head, you know, GDQ or Magfest, um, you know, it, it still requires a lot of love to make it go. And I think that's uh, that's an important thing going forward but let's get some questions of some some less love here i'm gonna i want some takes <laughs> all right i want some hot oh hot takes i'm gonna give you the easy one first of all the games that you have completed a speed run of what is your favorite what's your favorite run god excuse me as i slowly uh, <laughs> hop over to my own to my own speedrun.com no, 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 page no, no, because... no, it's fine all right <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I, uh, I'm, I'm sure you understand that. That's a, that, that is just a difficult question, because it's there's, there's things I love now, and there's things I loved four months ago, right? Oh no, so, it, t- it changes the time. Yeah. I absolutely, I, yeah. I'm, I'm certainly convinced when I do some of these, when I ask this question, that I will, if I had asked at a different point in time, I would have gotten a different answer. For sure, yeah. I mean, I can, I can very clearly, very strongly remember that there. I mean, it's probably on recording here and there that uh, I've said multiple times that uh, Pre-Flight Panic was my favorite speedrun of all time. But if I have to like look at my whole list objectively right now, I think that, honestly, Brutal Legend still takes it. Mm-hmm. It's just I've spent so much time with that game, and I mean, I, absol- I genuinely absolutely love that game. That... Uh, yeah, I think it 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 has to be brutal legend. <laughs> no, that's extremely fair. That's, I mean, that was my guess. If I, you know, I, I I guess when I when I write these questions and prepare, I'm like, you know what? I think Maka is going to say brutal legend. What I don't know is what is your least favorite run that you have done. Ooh, okay. I mean, okay. There's there's one answer that's a little bit maybe unfair. Let's say that. <laughs> Just, just, just looking at my history, at the things that I have genuinely that I've submitted, I have to say that Jet Set Radio Future is not a speed run that I enjoyed. That's fair. But no, that's, that's extremely that comes fair. with the caveat that I never really took it seriously. I, I just, I just, you know, tried to do some some quick playthroughs with some knowledge with a timer going. I wouldn't say that's a, I. I, like I would kind of disqualify that from the question. Mm-hmm. I just want it out there that that 
yeah, if if I were to count it, that would be the answer. Yeah, I mean, to, to be but, clear, the question is not, like, what game do you hate overall, or, like, what community <laughs> do you want to put on blast? That is not oh, the question. The question yeah, is, yeah. W- what run do you are you just not into? Uh, and that is... That is very, very fair. All right, let's uh, let's segue over into some more in-depth talk about some of these runs, and I think we'll go because I, I feel like when I when I first uh, came came to know you, I definitely associated you with the game Brutal Legend, which you've already mentioned uh, is your favorite uh, run overall at this point in time. Uh, how did you first like so? Is a Brutal Legend a game that you first really came to know casually and only later came back once you developed an interest in speedrunning, or is it a game that you started out on speedrunning? No, absolutely. That that was absolutely a game that I played casually before because um, I did. I don't know if I got it like right on release or anything, but uh, when it released, it was a, a console exclusive for the uh, Xbox 360 and uh, and PS3, and as a as a 360 owner, I I uh, played it on that platform, and I, ooh, I I put a lot of time into that. I don't think I ever really engaged with the multiplayer at all, but I definitely like sat down and and 100%ed the game, probably three times. Let's probably yeah, I I would guess three times, and yeah, I just sucked every bit of gameplay out of the out of it until like there was absolutely nothing left to do did it again until like i i genuinely like un- until it until it did actually get old but i yeah spent a lot of time with that game on the xbox then finally it was uh, re-released on steam uh bought it probably 100% another two times cuz yeah i don't know that uh, that game really spoke to me uh for a, for for a long time and uh yeah like uh like like we started with today it was uh it was the first game that i that i ever actually ended up speed running cuz that was that was the thing like what do i what what if i were to speed run something what would i do and i just started with like my i would say i guess i started with my top 3 uh favorite games of all time, which was Chesset Radio Future, and I didn't want to do a run on the Xbox, because that was a big hassle. Uh, next up was either, because ranking things is so hard, man. Ranking things is hard, <laughs> it's true. It was either um, Brutal Legend or Fallout 3, and I think I saw some things or heard some things about Fallout 3 about it being very... Well, I mean, the game was never exactly very stable, was it, without third-party patching and all such. So that was something that that scared me a little bit too much. So I I, I looked up on speedrun.com, Brutal Legend. What is the speedrun? Oh, there is one. There is act- There are actually some strats. And uh, I looked at the world record, and I was like, oh wait, he's he's not doing this 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 certain like uh, strategy that I know about that would be faster here and then i you know sort of laughing to myself and immediately reinstalled the game and and started looking in of course i very quickly realized that the thing that i thought would be faster was actually a terrible idea but still <laughs> i did eventually uh, get quite serious about it it's the the old speedrun viewer question hey streamer why are you doing that because it's, it's fast <laughs> you know 
But uh, but I, exactly. I was going to ask next if, <laughs> if this was a thing where you know what what sort of what's the timeline because it sounds like so someone was already running it before before you came along and got into running it. Um, are there things that you can you if you were to brag about besides you know getting <laughs> getting top times in Brutal Legend? Is there anything that you would brag about introducing to to the root or the run? You said I introduced the root or the run. Let's um. Or also, if there's just like strategies, period, that you're like, this is my favorite. Sh- <laughs> I'm Commander Shepard, <laughs> and this is my favorite speedrun strategy in Brutal Legend. No, exactly. There, um, because of course, yeah, Brutal Legend doesn't have doesn't have any like big glitches or anything. But I definitely uh, came up with a few. Let's uh, maybe not per- not exactly strategies, but but little variations of my own. Of like, um, there's there's like a big. Um, like a big open field battle and, you know, how you position yourself or your troops or what troops you buy in the first place. Like, there's there's some variation there and, you know, one thing's faster than, than the other thing. So there's definitely some variations that I, that I personally came up with that turned out to actually be pretty quick. And, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to describe because, yeah, again, there's no, there's no name for like specific mm-hmm. strats or anything but it's just like uh yeah i got my own way to do for instance the battle for like battle for blade hench i did it a little bit differently than uh than my uh, my opponent at the time simple unit and i'm i'm sure he would argue with me over what is truly better and what is truly uh i mean he he loves to argue. Let's say that. Sure, sure. <laughs> let's uh, let's throw some stones. Yeah. But uh, exactly, no. Uh, I definitely uh, had some some ideas of my own. I also uh, once or twice um, because uh, you buy your own upgrades at uh, two different points in the run. You know, you upgrade your your weapon, your car, and and your some some attacks, and. I think at one point I just miss I just misclicked something and I bought the wrong thing and then thought like I mean that that is actually not too bad like I accidentally I think it was I accidentally bought an engine upgrade for the car so I mean car drives faster fast things are usually good in speedruns aren't they and yeah I think I think in my current uh personal best cough cough world record I'm pretty sure I do actually deviate from from the the original uh like let's say uh the the things that we were originally supposed to buy as upgrades yeah and i i think in, in prepping for this i uh i think i studied the the 12109 video uh which you know in classic in classic like seventh generation uh video game form has a youtube commenter asking about a multiplayer only achievement which is my favorite genre of comments on some generation <laughs> video games. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, and this is sort of a, a side point, but it's something it's something that I've always been sort of cranky about in terms of uh, giving people giving people sass. Uh, what what in God's name is going on with your split layout when you play this game? Because it, it looks to me like you, you have the you have the live split into like two separate sub windows, like it's distant from each other, and then one of them appears to be splits and then the other one is like sub splits and the total timer is that right am i reading that right i've it's always been so weird to me to look at 
And like, is that right? And also, what led you to do it that way? Okay, I'm just gonna take one second to actually look at it. I want you to understand this. Like, why did you do this? Because I would, I would look at uh, it and I'll be like, well, those are those are big segments. It looks like, and these are subsplits. But why are they separate? <laughs> and why is the timer <laughs> away from the large segments? And it was very concerning. And I'm I am the live split police. I'm here to arrest <laughs> you. Oh God! All right. Um. Well, for, first of all, I think even till this day, you can notice about a lot of my uh, about my 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 stream layout, my overlay, mm-hmm. as it is. Th- there's a lot of. I mean, some would say there's inspiration from Brutal Legend. Sure. Some would say there's straight up thievery from Brutal Legend. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Um, what what inspired me to to do that bit of layout first of all, the two separate blocks, is that um, during the tutorial for um, for for commanding your troops, it shows a little a little window with like like differently differently positioned hands like there's like a like you know the 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 classic you know metal like fist you know throwing up the horns and all that yeah and i basically just i I looked at that box and i think at the time my splits were covering it up and i was like that's kind of a shame because like it's you know i'm I'm covering up a bit of ui right it's not exactly essential information to people who are watching the speed run but it's just kind of a shame that I'm, i'm covering up a bit of the game so I was like, why don't I just take that box and, you know, make make my own a little bit, like, higher or lower than that and put my splits in it. So, it like, it, it almost just sinks away into the UI of the game. It's like my splits are part of the game in a way. And then that, that was a very, that was a very, very nice idea at first. And then I was like, oh, you know, um... I don't know if it was always a thing, but you know, people started really popularizing subsplits in in live splits. So mm-hmm. it's like you know, if, if this big section, this is like this this chapter of the game, and then that it in itself is is just divvied up into into subsplits. And I think I I did the classic thing for a while, where like you have the header and then everything below that, and then like if you finish the chapter, it closes up and it goes to the next one. Right. And I was like, well, things are, like, moving around a lot and changing a lot, and I don't really like that. And I wanted something that was just a bit more a bit more static. And then, yeah, I, <laughs> I came up with this, which, uh, you know, uh, everyone has their own opinions, let's say that. I've never and, seen uh, anyone else do this. Like, if you had asked me, I wouldn't know that that was an option in the live split layout to do that. Yeah, no, because these are two separate splits uh like separate instances of like the splits component because yeah one is just headers and the other one is just the uh, all subsplits of the current segment mm-hmm. is that, am, I, am i using the right terminology there I think I, I maybe i'm not gonna but, quiz you i'm not don't <laughs> worry this is not a there's not an exam <laughs> at the end of this podcast oh thank god so all right so You've answered that question, and I feel I feel a little better now. I feel more relieved, uh, especially as I mentioned before. I w- and usually for prepping for these interviews, I like to look at a, a few few runs, and certainly that one twenty one nine. That was also funny because you do have chat on screen, and, and I was I was in that run for uh, a substantial portion of it, apparently. Um, oh my! <laughs> so so that was fun. I was like, oh, it's me, past me, past PMC. Uh, how interesting. 
Do you have any future plans for Brutal Legend right now? I know you currently have... Uh, I looked at the categories, and the categories were a little weird. You have the top time in any percent. You have the yeah. top time in 100% without concept art. And then you're second yes. if you include concept art. Uh, it seems like there might have been a schism about concept art in the community. I don't know if I'm bringing up sour, <laughs> a, a sore, a sore point here. Uh, but do you feel like you have any plans on improving any of those times, or going back for that that concept art, which I'm sure is a joy to collect? Or, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's uh, brutal legend 100 has been on my list, in you know, big air quotes. For for a long time, and you know, every once in a while, there is uh, the old person that asks about it. But yeah, I, it's 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 not exactly at the top of the list. Let's say that, but it's definitely still something that I want to uh, want to sink my teeth in at some point. Because um, yeah, when when I started running a hundred percent, like there there was actually a little bit of uh, research that like had to be done at the time because me and. Good lord, what was his name? Because he's still on the board somewhere. Runekurt. Runekurt, the uh, the the second place on uh, one one hundred percent without concept art. Uh, me and him did have have uh, have a little sit down about how we were gonna do that because uh, both of us tried to just you know get notes together to do a one hundred percent run and ended up with like 95% or something and you know that was that was very confusing what uh, what was missing and it ended up uh well, we ended up realizing that uh concept art is a a bit of an issue within the game i don't know if uh if we have uh, time to go into detail on that but well, uh, if, i mean it was... if, if, i mean I, if it is an issue of 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 you know community disagreement <laughs> i'm not I mean, as much as I love sourcing out drama on a podcast to get people to listen to it, uh, you know, if, if if you feel like it would be relevant to speedrunners listening to to give an example of discussion of a category, I would say go into it. But if you feel it's just like the other people are, are bad and I don't like them, <laughs> then maybe not. I'll leave it up to you. Oh, no, no that's not uh, not exactly what, uh, what I mean. It was more that... Um... Uh, there's just some some issues within the game mm-hmm. that um, it doesn't really tell you how to unlock all of the concept art, and if you go back in the main menu and you know hit new game and it says, oh, are you sure your save file will be wiped and all that, it won't actually wipe uh, all the concept art that you collect- collected, so you won't be re- reset to zero percent. So. The, on some level, yes, there is still some disagreements about what what 100% truly is. Mm-hmm. Just like, uh, as an example, you can see in some parts of the GTA community, you have 100% and true 100%. Right. So that's, um, that's something that, uh, on some level, is still being discussed. Not actively, but yeah, there, there's still some maybe some discussion to be had there. But uh, it was just at the time, uh, we didn't really know how to deal with the whole concept art situation so we just at the time with us not really knowing all the ins and outs made a separate category to do 100% without concept art and I think at some point I I have spoken out about the fact that that category is 
shouldn't exist at this point. But uh, That's yeah, exactly. Concept artless, hundred percent, or or hundred percent. Uh, concept artless, one hundred percent, because exactly, we, we know now what the issues are regarding mm. concept art. So every yeah, everyone can collect the concept art. It just. Uh, to the best of my my memories, uh, it adds about forty five minutes of extremely boring grind. Awesome, <laughs> but hey, that, that <laughs> can be part. That can be part of one hundred percent. Not uh, doing literally every single thing that the game asks of you. Usually, there are some things in there that are just not just not the best. Right? No, for sure, for sure. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to to other uh, endeavors. Now, we are two other games that uh, I studied before before going on here. Which would you rather talk about first? Because I'm not sure. Usually, I try to put these things in a chronological order, but I'm not sure which of uh, which of RoboCop or Preflight Panic is is next. Do you have a preference? I would say yeah. Let's uh, let's stick with the. Uh with the, the chronologic order. Let's uh, go with Pre-Flight Panic. All right. So Pre-Flight Panic. Uh, I, I would love an intro because I, I know that part of part of the reason you got into playing this game was because you have an interest in following the, especially the game development thoughts, I think, if, if I put that right, of Yahtzee Crawshaw. Um, how did you get into following him and how did that lead to you playing Pre-Flight Panic? Ooh, okay. Um, so... I've been following different, uh, different, uh, ooh, yeah, how do I say that? I've been following different c- bits of content under the, uh, Escapist magazine, like, umbrella for, ooh, I don't know how many years mm-hmm. now, but, but quite, quite a long time. And, uh, back when, um, Loading Ready Run was still producing, uh, uns- Unskippable? Unskippable, I think it is. Yeah, or was, rather. Um, they they were still, yeah, they were still unskippable. Uh, some kind of gaming news show that I, the name escapes me, and uh, the Jimquisition was still on, uh, on esca- the Escapist at the time. Uh, all the way back then, I was, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Yahtzee was the one that brought me, you know, to that, that platform, mm-hmm. but at least... I have been following uh, Yahtzee, yeah, since, since since all of that was still on the Escapist as well. So I've been following, yeah, Zero Punctuation, the show that Yahtzee did and still does for uh, for the Escapist. Yeah, a little, little bit of trivia. It was, uh, I mm-hmm. think it was the Yahtzee's year-end review for 2010 was what got me into playing the Just Cause series. True story. Really? Yes, it was his recommendation of Just Cause 2 that made me pick up the series. Oh, yeah. So, But anyway, please continue. Oh, I, I'm very tempted now to to give a, a an an, a, an a almost related fun fact <laughs> that uh, that just just on the topic of of one little thing getting you into a game um, on YouTube uh, there <laughs> there's just a a uh, a a video by the Clip Critics who did like a little jokey song about Fallout Three and that's what got me to pick up the game like if. Uh, if anyone wants to wants to Google and check out that video, you'll know that seriously, this is what got you to to, to drop sixty bucks down on a video game. And yes, yes, it did. It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> it re- it really do. <laughs> so yeah, I, I've been following Yahtzee for yeah for for a, a long long ass time. Uh, I really want to like 
try to pin down like just about when that was but so i mean but it's going on for a while uh and so i guess you know if you had asked me like my knowledge of yahtzee is mostly just zero punctuation which i watched in the early 2010s and at some point you know probably when i moved on from being uh, a college student i you know i think I, I had stopped following him but i guess what i'm curious about is because i i know with pre-flight panic uh that's not the only the only one of these small games uh that yahtzee has worked on uh it's really sort of an ongoing project of his maybe you can move forward to that project and and discuss how pre-flight panic exists within that context oh yeah absolutely because um oh yahtzee has been like experimenting doing different things outside of zero punctuation for a very long time and well about a year ago at this point, he started the uh, the Dev Diary series on, on YouTube that um, he was going to uh, try to develop small games, but, but like a full finished product, however small, but still finish it within a month. And yeah, he did 12 games in a year, you know, one game every single month. And yeah, I... Uh, as someone who follows Yahtzee pretty closely and someone who is currently studying game development, you know, it was right up my alley. Right up my alley. And, um... Uh, I can't remember now. Was Pre-Flight Panic the first game that he did for that series? I want to say yes, it was. You're gonna <laughs> know, you're wrong, know better then, than me. Well, yeah. It, if I, if I'm wrong, then uh, I'm uh, I'm ready to uh, to be ridiculed. That's uh, that's all. <laughs> that's all good. But uh, that's what podcasts yeah, are no. for is saying ridiculously incorrect things. And so I, I try to do that at least once a podcast, no matter what podcast it is. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the pre-fly panic. Uh, immediately, yeah, downloaded it, checked it out, and I was like, I mean, like the whole. I mean, uh, let's say the. The timer is a very integral part to the game. Like, again, it wasn't designed to be speedrun or anything. I mean, most games that are popular in speedrunning aren't. But, yeah, it, it definitely sparked uh, that idea within me that, like, you know, this this might this might just be a good speedrun game. A good speed game. You might even say and yeah, it I, could take off as a speedrun. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. if folks don't know now compared to brutal legend or even robocop where you can guess the premise of robocop uh the pre-flight panic game premise is simple it's, you know it's a small indie game you are a steward in a flight cabin a commercial commercial flight and you are trying to get everyone situated uh via the 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 traditional pre-flight setup which is to say no no chairs back no tray tables down, no electronic devices, and uh, and so you sort of run through that. And if, if you mess up, as it, as just like in real life, if you mess up, then the plane will crash instead of taking off. Um, exactly right. And so th- with this game, now I've I've watched a bit of this game. There was actually a really fun clip that I'll link in the in the pod uh, description where you did a cute little tournament at ESA uh, Summer 2019. Uh, with some you know some mutual friends and that was a, a good little a little get together when it comes to speedrunning this game because as far as i know there isn't like there isn't tech there isn't glitches it's really just sort of fundamental play would you have anything to say about your approach to playing this because i imagine it's kind of a, a kind of a flow chart type of thing or do you view it a different way i mean i do literally have a flow chart you do have a flow chart okay <laughs> 
That's what I thought. The game. That was my guess, but just to, I didn't know if that was true. <laughs> yeah, no, I I literally have a flowchart just to uh, to to keep next to the game window to, to tell me exactly what I can expect in every different level. Like most of it, you can kind of remember, but I mean, it it is just twenty different instances of the same plane. Sometimes a little longer, sometimes a little wider, right? So it is easy to kind of get lost in that. But uh, yeah, it is mostly just about experience and just you know training that you know training your eyes to just see specific things that are that are wrong it's basically just uh um what do you uh, what do you call those where you have you know two pictures next to each other and one is just slightly different one has you know like 20 small differences and just pick pick out all the differences it's it's basically that turned into a video game now, now, if I remember right, so we spent a little time talking about Yahtzee. I do believe that he he noticed you. Is that correct? When it comes to the speed run, he gave you a little shout out. It's true. the 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 video you just mentioned of our of our tournament, uh, uh, little snippets of that, and also little snippets of my own li- live streams, uh, ended up in the Dev Diary series. Uh, Yahtzee noticed me. And now, going forward, do you do you feel like? pre-flight panics moment has has come and gone as a speed run or uh do you have future goals or has anyone else been working on this as a, to push it any further i don't think uh yeah i i, I think it's uh it the big moment for for uh for pre-flight panic definitely has come and gone but uh i mean yeah it's it's still there it's still a good game yeah i don't think there's any big glitches or anything that like that that people will probably find i i definitely thought about that a lot when i was uh, creating the the rules for the game because uh, uh just in the back of my mind I, I i i thought what if someone does you know let's say someone finds some kind of glitch where they do the first two levels and then somehow level 15 unlocks like let's say that that's somehow a possibility like how, how do i formulate the rules to say that you know, the final level has to be completed, but they also have to start from a clean save, right? Because you could just, you know, play the whole game through, start your timer and say, all right, well, level 20 is unlocked. I can play that now. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. So that was that was definitely also a, a thing that uh, that uh, was a bit of a, a what, do you, what do you call it? Well, a bit of a challenge for me trying to formulate the rules for the game. But yeah, coming back to the central question, it's just yeah, I still think it's a good game. But yeah, I'm not actively promoting it or uh, what was the what was the word? Well, yeah, actively trying to uh, to convert people mm-hmm. to pre-flight panic Pre- anymore. <laughs> Preach so. the good news about pre-flight panic. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I, I did that for a good long while. <laughs> I had I was uh, I mean a big part of why I uh, what I set up the tourney to just try and try and get more people no no i think that's definitely this is one of those things i think esa in particular as an event is really good at is coming up with activities that are short and small in scope that people can just dive into i mean i feel like you could you could mention pre-flight panic in the same breath as street boys or the yeah the super mario 64 (laughs) relay or you know things like that right i think it's just something that's a uh, you know, by all means, I think any any live speedrun event should consider. But like, it's, I think the the real the real pioneer is ESA. So you know, shout outs to that event. I I w- believe me, there's another universe where at the end of this month I'm getting ready to travel <laughs> to 
to Sweden, but we oh, don't live God. in that universe. Yeah. So uh, rest in peace. Uh, oh, man. Very sad. Yeah, very sad yeah. indeed. No, it was the last the last interview I did uh, where, I, where I interviewed Soph. Uh, some of her runs had like people in chat on screen being like, oh, I can't wait to go to ESA summer 2020. And I was like, oh, oh. no. <laughs> uh, so what are you going to do? Uh, but yeah. speaking of, of events that did happen, uh, that gets me to segue over to the final game that we're going to discuss in depth, which is a RoboCop of the year 2003. Now, there's a lot of legendarily bad RoboCop <laughs> video games, uh, the Cusa Grande account, which, of course, is really more, I feel like, 80s, 90s games, uh, talks about RoboCop games all the time. Uh, but in this situation, we're talking about the 2003 RoboCop uh, now, this is particularly a game that I think you had started running sort of under the auspices of uh, the Fast Bad Society. Can you talk about, were you the person who found this game and brought it to the group's attention? Or what does that story go like? What is your, what is your, how do you discover RoboCop? Yeah, I believe I uh, I was the one uh, that, that stumbled upon it because, uh, yeah, as, as, a, as a group, I believe, um, I believe K- KZ has uh, said before that he, uh, he searches Moby Games for any for any gems, and I uh, I was just uh, searching yeah different uh, libraries of of abandonware games right because that's uh, that's definitely where uh, where a lot of diamonds can be found apparently, and uh, yeah I stumbled upon RoboCop which I personally had never really come into contact with I was just like oh you know big name multiple movies big uh yeah big licensed property so let's let's check it out right it looks like a, just a, a very a pretty straight up shooter from the screenshots that were with the uh with the game's page so yeah i just i i think in that day searching for things i probably downloaded 10 different games but yeah apparently robocop was uh just uh it 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 ended up actually being a pretty good speed game in my opinion now, at the because you, know, you mentioned before, at the time that you started running it, you really didn't know anything about RoboCop. You had you had famously not seen a RoboCop movie, which is not something that's true anymore. Correct? <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, uh, I don't know if I want to use the word pestered, but <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely very uh, very adamant about the fact that I should watch the damn film. Like, how can you speed run? a RoboCop video game without ever having seen the film. And I uh, eventually, uh, I think it was within the uh, the Obscure Speed Games or Speedruns Club, the Obscure Speedruns Club, um, I submitted it as a, as a game, you know, for a certain month. I already, at, for some month, and I threw it up as if someone beats my time, if someone, you know, knocks me, down a peg on that speedrun leaderboard, I will go and watch that film, and that happened. It did happen. You had you had good competition from from Framer. That you know nothing nothing pushes down the 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 time on a game or really really pushes people to optimize quite like a little a little old fashioned competition. I think that's always been uh, true for me, and it, it's you know it's satisfying because I think you really. It, it makes you ask questions, you know. I think sometimes without that pressure to to sort of innovate or, or squeeze every last drop from something, uh, you don't you wouldn't necessarily always go that far on your own. And it seemed like you had a fun competition, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, on some level, it's just very, very validating because for first, for, for some amount of time, it's just me against a piece of software that, you know, it doesn't get offended when I beat it, <laughs> when, when, when I beat it, <laughs> but another human being, then it gets, it gets a bit more interesting. You know, they, yeah, they beat your time. They, they, yeah, they might flex on you. They might be very respectful about it, but still there's, there's competition. There's another human being involved and that does just make it a lot more interesting all right let's let's get into some of the the tech stuff there's two things i can think of to talk about when it comes to tech but first i want to give you this the spacer room to say like what is your favorite bit of tech or like favorite feature of speedrunning robocop 2003 i mean can i really say anything other than just the FPS. Right. Well, the FPS, <laughs> not, the FPS not, was, not his... was one of the things that I was going to talk about. So go ahead and yeah. tell me about the the features of FPS in RoboCop 2003. Yes. Of course, we are we are talking about FPS in the in, in the context of frames per second because uh um there might still be some VOD or recording online somewhere of me uh, playing the game for the first time casually, which <laughs> Oh no, I don't want to recommend people to do that. <laughs> but yeah, the just playing the game casually because it doesn't natively come with any kind of frame rate limiting and on modern machines it uh it runs a lot faster than uh the people of Titus Interactive ever expected. So uh a, a very good example of how you will discover that is when you are met with an explosion and uh the explosion uh, it is scripted so that the explosion will stay like active, as in it, it's an active source of damage for a certain amount of time. It's not on the basis of you know frames, but it does deliver damage every single frame. So, say you were running the game at one FPS, you'd probably take damage once, maybe twice. But if you're running the game at let's say sixteen hundred FPS, you will take enough damage to die 20 times over. <laughs> I mean, you love to see it. That just it just it's so funny to me to have that sort of uncontrollable damage ticking just <laughs> going off. It's so fun. So and in, in practice, but like my understanding now though is that is it true for the for the the speedrun right now that it is permitted to use a frame limiter? To either like limit yourself to thirty or leave it uncapped, is that correct? You can you can toggle frame limiting, or is that not? A, or did I misunderstand that? No, exactly. I mean, just having a frame limiter at all is strongly encouraged. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the live toggling of a frame limiter, so you can control the maximum frame rate of the game at any given time. Yeah, that is that is permitted in the uh, in the speedrun right now there's not been any uh well no no one's really had a problem with that if someone wants to uh if someone's genuinely interested in running robocop outside of that context you know with without uh that that kind of that kind of jokery then I would love to see or hear from that, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, at the, at the current point in time, <laughs> it's definitely one of those things where you know I, I moderate a few boards, and sometimes someone comes along and they say, "Well, what if I did this kind of run?" 
And I'm like, you can do that run. And when you do that run, we'll talk more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all you can that's, do. Uh, I think that's that's a thing both of us have seen a, a few times too many, that mm. uh, there are 15 different boards for all kinds of different speedrun contexts, and uh, they are all completely empty. It's my One of my favorite things to do is to find frightening boards in speedrun.com and send pictures of them to, to Make. It's very good. I recommend it to anyone else out there. Uh, just Adam on Twitter, Make Baki. Um, <laughs> so uh, the other thing I wanted to get to was that uh, I often talk about in speedruns that in order to in order to find glitches or skips, there must be features to exploit. And I think at first glance, you look at the movement available to you, the player in Robocop 2003, and there is no jumping. And so you're thinking like, oh, this is going to be hard to find skips. Uh, but as it turns out, uh, even though you can't gain height through jumping, uh, it seems like the level design and the slopes in the level design afford you quite a few interesting opportunities for doing skips and also at least one time that I can think of going out of bounds. Uh, now, I know you had some help with that. I think uh, an excellent member of the Fast Pad Society, Kabali, uh, was involved in finding some of that stuff. Did you want to highlight any of those particular skips or, or sort of how they were discovered? I mean, yeah, no, you, you already knocked the hit the nail on the head. It was uh, Kabali, Kabali who, who found most, most of, the, of the real tricks because, uh, as you can still see on, uh, on, on YouTube and Twitch today, that uh, when I brought this game to, to ESA to Summer 19, was it? It was, it was Winter 20. Was it Winter 20? Was yeah. that, well, it the, was that recent. The, good, the, good Lord. the last live event. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like, you can see there that the run was still very, very tame. Let's say that. And uh, as soon as Kabali uh, got his hands on it, it's, he, yeah, he, he tore it right open. Uh, I think the first thing that he really came forward with was the, uh, the cathedral skip, which was, um, there's a there's a very very lengthy process to opening a certain trap door in the ground. It's just a lot of walking back and forth, and it was it it, it was a thorn in anyone's eye that was really thinking about that speed run. As in, like, okay, what what do we do in the speed run, right? Because it was a whole level of just walking back and forth, and he ended up finding a way to 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 just shimmy around a bit of rubble and. Just, just basically drop yourself down somewhere and uh, and skip a, a very significant part of, not necessarily maybe the whole level, but definitely that stage. Like you could just wipe a whole minute right off your run, which yeah, it was great. And uh, yeah, that really started the whole search of like okay so there is some level of going out of bounds or at least going where the developers didn't expect you to go and that also immediately opened up like okay so it's clear that uh the collision physics of you know when i try to walk past certain objects there are very clear differences between what will happen when i run the game at 30 fps or ludicrous fps so that, uh, yeah, Kabali definitely came in and, and kicked that door wide open. No, that's awesome. I, I think that's some of the... The Cathedral Skip, to me, is kind of like the, the best-looking thing in, in the run in terms of dropping down out of bounds just to, to skip a whole section. Uh, one one other thing I wanted to 
ask you about just sort of to maybe make clear to a listener how this run ends uh and just so i understand correctly now the very last thing you do in the run is defuse a bomb and it seems like there is some amount of randomness involved in this bomb defusal uh it's just pretty a pretty wild thing to have happen at the end of the run can you describe that for me I mean, if if you'll allow me, I I would even take a a small step back. That uh, before the bomb is activated, there's a a big boss fight there with a with a big robotic snake thing that is also it also comes with a with a very strong degree of randomness, and that has also uh, become a, a big source of frustration for both me and uh, and Frame Array. And uh, yeah, exactly. If you if you finish the the fight with this uh, with this robot snake thing, uh, you yeah you have to to defuse a bomb by typing codes into a number of different uh, consoles, six different different consoles, and the codes you know in terms of gameplay, it's literally just just, just picking option one through six, right? But every single machine needs a specific code typed into it. Okay, not too complicated. So you just go down the list and try try all of them. But if you type in a wrong code three times, regardless of like what machine you type it into, every single machine is, let's say, reactivated, as in it is no longer diffused. So, yeah, <laughs> you just have to type in random codes there is one of the machines will always have the same number to it so that's that's nice that's lovely that's a freebie but the rest exactly that's that's a freebie so that one we leave for the last one just to make it a little bit easier on us but uh yeah beyond that it is completely random and you could be on incredible pace and then just end up typing the wrong code seven times, and it all just melts away before your eyes. Wonderful. Truly, truly wonderful. Uh, you love to see it at the end, <laughs> at the end of a speedrun. Uh, at the absolute end. Yeah. Literally, when, when the bomb is diffused, and the, the little bit of text pops on your screen that says, bomb, bomb diffused, it fades out to black, and that's the end of the run. It's literally the final seconds that we're talking about here all right so let's start winding down things here a little bit one of the things i like to do with this interview series is to get some connective tissue uh to sort of do a question relay from guest to guest uh, and I, I think i already mentioned that my previous guest was Soph, uh, who gave me this question for my next guest who is that's you you're you're the current one uh what oh, is your favorite video game soundtrack <laughs> it's just i'm 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 a real uh what a, i'm a real broken record yeah here, i know I? Br- brutal legend, brutal legend. yeah that's what i thought <laughs> the, the single best i uh from what i remember the game itself has 108 licensed songs in its uh in its soundtrack and there's a there's a there's a you know just a handful of stinkers let's say but it's it's just it's an incredible list of just rock and metal classics that are just simply simply incredible and uh they uh they they make the game as in 
yeah, I don't I don't want to get too far away sure. from the question, but exactly like the world of the game is built after the songs that it features. Yeah. So it's just music is essential the, to the identity of Brutal Legend and it makes sense uh, to have yeah. that soundtrack. Uh but Exactly. But that does mean that I then do need a question from you for the next guest and this question can be anything. You I don't know, well, I don't know who the next guest is. Uh you don't either. So so knowing that <laughs> what is what's your question it could be it could be speedrunning related it could be generally gaming related you'll you know that they're a speedrunner most likely if they're going to be on the speedrunning interview podcast uh it could be silly serious uh you know past questions have been if you could mix two video game consoles into one what would it be uh if you could do a crossover between this series and another series what would it be uh do you have a question that I can give to the next guest on Overboost I thought I, I thought I was kind of original, but now when you said that, it sounds like I'm just ripping off someone else's question. But let's just go with it anyway. If if you could combine two different gaming genres, and preferably some two that are completely way, way, way different, you could combine two different gaming genres in a single game. What would that be? What would the, what would that combination be? Excellent. It is recorded. It will be asked. Whenever the next overboost comes out, there'll be some some sucker answering that. Um, <laughs> so let's look forward a little bit. Uh, do you have any future games coming up that you are really excited to play? And I, and I mean that generally. I mean, certainly if you have a game that you think might be speedrun material, talk about that. But just generally speaking, what do you look forward to right now in the world of video games? I mean, yeah, in the in the world of video games generally i am really really stoked for cyberpunk 2077 that is a popular one i'm curious to see what that'll be like you know i i feel like the thing i'm really interested in is just to see how the action plays out because i feel like it's the it to me it's that same moment that like when when bethesda did fallout 3 you're like they're gonna (laughs) they have a gun now what's that gonna be like and i feel like i'm at that same (laughs) moment of cd project red where previously they you know so well known for the witcher games uh, and now, and now there are guns. <laughs> What's that going to be like? Oh God! Yeah, yeah. I um, I don't think I I have any any strong ties to like the the whole like cyberpunk. Is it a genre or more like that kind of that kind of world? I don't really have any experience with that. But I mean, just just hearing from from other people that like are excited about this game and watching the trailers and everything. I just think it's going to be a great experience. So yeah, I'm I'm really really looking forward to it. Awesome. Do you think do you think you'll try to speedrun it? <laughs> it's hard to say, right? Uh, you don't know what the game's going to yeah, be it's like. Always, it's always really hard to say with you know with modern video yeah. games. I mean, I, for me, like in recent memory, like I, I very strongly remember people talking about Red Dead Redemption Two as something they were possibly going to speedrun, and that game is not speedrun friendly. <laughs> yeah, you know, I gotta say right now, I, I uh, I'm almost close to finishing that, a casual play of that game myself, and I I think right now more than anything else, I feel like with some of these big development studios, you can kind of guess what's going to be speedrun friendly and isn't, and I feel like firmly right now, Rockstar Games may be still fun to play. But I think their their time as a developer who makes speedrun games uh, has has come and gone. It's it does not does not exist anymore. Now, of course, Bethesda, uh, you know their well, their games are going to break in half instantly. So that's that's <laughs> fine. Um, 
Yeah, as long as they they don't have strong online components. Oh yeah, that's true. That's why that's always a spicy <laughs> way to do things. Um, but all right, so we're winding down to to the end here. What should people look for from you? Where where should they find you? And is there any particular games or projects that you're working on that you want to pitch to people? Ooh, well, you know my my main thing in terms of being a person on the internet will always be Twitch. That's uh, that's definitely still my uh, my main thing of uh, of stuff that I'm doing, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I don't I don't have any any very very strong things because I, I yeah I, I feel like I'm I'm about to switch to a different game and I'm not completely convinced about what that's going to be yet. So yeah, if if you want a variety speedrunner, then uh, I I guess I'm your guy. Sure, yeah, and of course, you know, I'll be linking probably your your Twitch and Twitter in the podcast description, so definitely look at those, follow them, enjoy them. Um, Make, thank you, thank you so much for for coming on and giving us really. I think you know, I feel like sometimes people use the term uh, variety derisively when it comes to content stuff, but I really do find this to be a really interesting variety in terms of the the content of the speedrun itself. You know, you have old broken license game sort of a, a, a more more well-funded passion project like Brutal Legend, and then also a small indie game that's just sort of fundamentals game playing with Pre-Flight Panic uh, is really just, uh, just a solid mix. And I think, you know, that sort of thing, something like speedrunning, which is so often about just doing the runs, uh, really you have to sort of experience it in different forms to really know uh, who you are and what you want to do. And I think that, you know, that sort of thing will inform uh, what you do in the future. Uh, so thanks again for, for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. But but I need I need one more thing from you. I just need Oh god. I so the way that the way we're gonna end things here is that I'm gonna use I'm gonna use a catchphrase like all right now we need to boost on out of here. And I need you to give me after I say that your best like rocket engine like super booster fast moving noise can you do that for me absolutely all right folks thanks for listening uh please follow my twitter if you need to get more overboost content it's also on youtube in that form as well thank you so much all right let's boost on out of here